Well, actually, Joe, before you start talking about Buck Smart, I just want to let our listeners know about. Oh, uh, we are we live? <laughs> <laughs> about uh, what's the ones that give you a boner? Blue pill. Blue pill um, pills. Well, funny you should mention boners, Paul, because <laughs> our newest sponsor. Are you ad reading my ad read? No. Well, you know, I just wanted to let you know about Blue Chew. They're this uh, new sponsor that's out there. If you're having a little uh, problem with your dinkle, you know, Mr. Dinkle's not quite getting all the way up. And, you know, it's no problem. It's no problem because there is a pill you can use. Blue Chew. The, uh, the brand new medication over the counter that can solve all of your trouser problems. Blue Chew. Wherever drugs are sold. Hello friends and welcome back to the Chair Shop Podcast, episode 436. Um, I'm joined once again by my good friend Paul Griffin. Hello, Joe. But before you start, Joe, I just want to mention to you um, my favorite wrestling promotion, and soon to be yours, and that's Irish Whip Wrestling. Uh, if you're a fan of wrestling shows that take place in the parking lot of your local spa, that's mm-hmm. Irish Whip Wrestling. Use the promo code uh, C-H-A-I-R-S-H. That's all the amount of characters they had. So that's Chersh, and get 5% <laughs> off your first uh, ticket to one of these shows uh, the tickets are free so the five percent is somewhat redundant but <laughs> that's irish rip wrestling and code cherish and actually there are two s's it's got a typo in it oh uh. <laughs> uh, uh, hello paul hello joe i'm very good how are you uh, <laughs> i'm also well thank you for asking good um so we're here on a a balmy Monday evening. Why do we always say that? Because, I, I don't know. It's just it, always, I guess it is always balmy. It is always balmy whenever we're doing it. You, you know, <clears throat> if you think the weather over here in, in UK and Ireland isn't good, well, listen to this podcast. It's Let's always see. sunny. In? Well. Kildelphia. There's a name of the show right there. It's always sunny in Kildelphia. Um, yeah, we're back. Uh, we couldn't do yesterday. You was doing a barbecue. I was doing a barbecue, which I'll talk about momentarily. Ooh, doing a barbecue. Have any sausage? I did not have sausage yesterday. Although, oh. although I had sausages this morning, though. Oh, sausage, Andy. Were they barbecued yesterday? Or no, fresh? they weren't. I, I, I grilled them up this morning. They weren't that good, to be honest. Um, they were sausages that I had bought last week, ironically... For another barbecue that we had had uh, in the house. Mm. And uh, they're in the fridge. Their going off date was today. Well, you know, best before 3rd of June. So I said, all right, they should yeah. be still good. Uh, grilled them up. They're a bit vinegary tasting. They weren't They weren't very good. Mm, nice. But uh, the ones we had... <laughs> Did you put vinegar on them? 
That was the problem. I cooked them in vinegar. <laughs> ah, fucking boiled them in vinegar. Oh, mate. It was a mistake. But, um... No, the, uh, typically my sausages are really good. But today... Today is probably the worst sausages I've cooked since maybe I started making them. Oh. Natty was very... Uh, accommodate and say that they were actually nice, but they weren't. I had them, and they weren't nice. <laughs> Just weeping will turn through them. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, yeah, knowing how they tasted, I would have expected her to do a almost a cartoonish, like you know, oh, it's it's great, like I don't know, something out of the Bash Street Kids or something. But um, <laughs> do you really think those sisters are okay? She's, she's still saying yeah. Okay, she doesn't mind your vinegary sausage. It might have been a weird coincidence that... I'm, I'm going to let that one go, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that um, maybe I gave her the eight... The f- eight. The four good sausages, and I took Fucking the bad four sausages eight just sausages by coincidence. each. Good four. portions in your house. <laughs> How many potatoes would you have? Nine potatoes each as well. <laughs> we had four. Three onions. This, 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 you please? this is for breakfast. This is for breakfast. I oh, ha- well, I assume you have potatoes for breakfast. I had... Uh, I'm Irish, after all. Um, I had four sausages and four slices of toast. Natty had um, almost like a French toast, I guess, because it was toast with um, rashers, bacon, uh, eggs, mushrooms, and then sausages as well. Mm, it's a nice, nice little fry up. Yeah. Um, so if you're a fan of sausages, by the way, Joe, I know you're you want to get cracking on this podcast but yeah, if you're a fan of yeah, sausages i want, want to let you know denny's sausages are the best sausages in ireland this is a real sausage brand um they make gold medal sausages and if you want to test them out they do their monthly sausage box um yeah, so 24 gonna, different sausages in a box yeah uh they have all the flavors you can cancel, you can cancel anytime <laughs> all the flavors pork uh vinegar <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah chicken uh beef yeah, they have the black pudding, white pudding. Not really a sausage, but the same shape. White, white pudding sausage. Uh, yeah. 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 Vegetarian sausage, vegan sausage. Yeah, all them. Um, no obligation. Uh, delivered in a handy box that fits right through your letterbox. Yeah. It's actually it's actually just one sausage wide, but 24 long. Yeah. So it just fits straight through the letterbox, no problem. It's, it's actually brought to your house in the mouth of a dog running away from a butcher. <laughs> um... <laughs> And for that, just go to denny'ssausages.com and use the promo code P. Um, that P for podcast, I suppose. Just P. Just um, P. Uh, and that'll get you um, one free sausage out of those 24. Uh, just as a nice little tester, you know. It's a good, good deal. Good deal. Um, so we went, we went to the barbecue yesterday. It was the barbecue in the... There's going to be a lot of ofs in this sentence. In the house of the brother of. Uh, in the house Matthew. of the brother of the. So in, Matt, in Matt's brother's house, uh, they had a barbecue with all the family because um, he's moved in with his uh, fiance, I suppose. And um, so it was both both families, and given mm. that I'm the in law, kind of. Um, I went along too and it was very funny because it was like um, on the Brazilian side 
which I'm included, it was just kind of the immediate family, right? It was the yeah. the parents, the kids, and the the significant others of the kids, I guess. And then on on his, on his fiance's side, which is an Irish girl, like the whole extended family, and it was crazy because they were coming in and being introduced to each other, like they like they didn't know each other, and I'm like, you're you guys are on the same side of the family here. Ah, uh, there's big old, big old Irish family, you know. Oh yeah, um. but it was very nice. Um, food was good. That's good. I had too many cokes during the day, though. Oh, holy, we've been over coking. I had like five cokes. Um, <gasps> mouth was very dirty, um, and uh, I had a thing that I don't, I've not properly had in a while, which is that I. I don't know whether it's like an anxiety or just an uncomfortableness, but I, I'd be sitting there and there'd be, you know, the mundane conversation that kind of goes on during these get-togethers. Yeah. And then I would find that I would just have to leave and go sit in a room of my own for like 10 minutes to just <laughs> reset before I can go down and be around people again. I don't know if it's a thing to like when... I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, like a long time ago, that when I was a teenager, I had very bad like agoraphobia going out and mm. bumping into people but um i don't know it was weird because I, I wouldn't be sitting there in the background i was like i'd be like taking part in the conversations but then yeah. suddenly my brain would be like okay i need to i need to get out of here and i just go and sit upstairs and then come back down and do the same thing again um but it was good good like i say good food and um and then at the end we were going home it was me natty and her parents in the car uh we just decided on a whim uh, to go to burger king and go bowling which what? was a lot of fun <laughs> just suddenly we're like yeah, where will we go and we're like, yeah <laughs> so you see a big like advert on the roadside for for burger king and then one for bowling and you thought, i don't on. know i don't know who actually came up with the idea like why did burger king get mentioned my father loves it because your father yeah but why did why did that come up in conversation we were in a place where we could just turn to yeah. one side and go to Burger King, and then my father just just went for it. <laughs> and, there, just and pulled across like three lanes of traffic. And there's a bowling alley. There's a bowling alley right beside the Burger King. So one thing, yeah, well, one, one thing led to another, and yeah, before I knew it, we were we were bowling. Um, Makes sense. I got quite a good. We played two games. I got quite a good score in the first game. Uh, a one thirteen. Which I was pretty happy with. Three figures, that's not bad. Um, second game, I got a, a measly, like, 54, I think. Oh, poor us. It all fell apart after the first game. Um, everybody got a strike. All four of us got a strike at one point or another. Uh, yeah, it was good fun. My score was the highest of the day, so... Uh, so I basically won then, even though my, I think my second score was one of the lowest. Um, yeah, always good fun. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking what we need to start doing is going bowling with more regularity. I think that's that that's that's maybe a once a week job, go bowling. Oh yeah, if you want to turn pro, I mean. Um, no, do you want to turn? I don't think I'd ever be that good, Joe. Uh, I mean, you got one. What was it? One one three. One one three. Yeah. And that's without really any practice. You haven't played in ages, so. I probably played twice or three times. That's, all, that's yeah. So year. imagine if you played six times, you'd probably get treble that. Yeah. 339. I don't think the Irish bowling scene is that big. I could probably be the best bowler in Ireland. You're in probably already four in weeks. the top 100. <laughs> based on the 113. So. I might be. Um, it's funny because we were playing and 
my style, right, is I, I'll kind of try and keep my arm more or less straight and try mm. and uh, swing the ball in, in, you know, the way the, ball, the bowling lane will have the little arrows. I'm like, okay, watch the arrows, keep it going, straight line. Wait, you have arrows? The, there's little little triangles, more so than arrows, I guess. Oh, okay, Triangles right. on the... All right, keep that in line with that. Um, and I have a tendency to... to Try to throw the ball quite hard because I figured the harder you throw it, the more it'll knock the pins over. That's how it works generally. Um, well, you think so, Joe? Uh, Natty's oh. Natty's mother has a style where she'll barely have any backswing at all, like have a, the smallest little amount of back backswing, and then kind of flick flick the ball almost, and oh. with with like unerring accuracy. <laughs> it's really really crazy. Um. So I'm still trying to get get my uh, my technique down because I I love when you see on um, professional bowling whenever you stumble across that at two a.m. in the morning uh, yeah. the way they throw it and it like it basically goes down one of the sides and then at the last second will like curl in how the fuck did they do that so that's it's, that's fake it's fake <laughs> it's a work it's not a fucking work the bowling um, the bowling's good fun. And I'll try and get us going again, maybe in the next week or so. Because the bowling alley where we live currently is like a twenty-five minute walk from here. That's not too bad. Which to me is not too bad. Natty would uh, die at the thought of having to go do a twenty-five minute walk, but uh, I'll carry her on my back and we go. That's because you're. That's because you're a big, strong man. Big, strong man. Big, big legs. Eats eight sausages. That's that's why they call me Big Leg down at the bowling alley. <laughs> but God, big legs back. Uh, um, he, he walked here in four strides. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm looking forward to another bowl. Uh, with cheap enough for two of us. I mean, when we went there, there was four of us, and it cost like nine euro each oh, for fun. a game. Oh, and a then, steal. yeah, and then for the the second game was even cheaper. It was like five each. Yeah, because I think decent. first time they probably charge you for the the use of the smelly clown shoes or something. Oh well, that's the best part. You get to wear the uh, yeah. shoes, but it was great. Yeah. It was good fun. Um, now, Joe, I would consider you a very very intelligent man. I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here, okay? No, yeah, yeah. I would consider you a very very intelligent man. Uh, good friend of mine. I would uh, never call you, or at least certainly never a situation has come up where I would call you something like. Uh, one stupid motherfucker, or anything like yeah. that. But Joe, no. would you like to tell the listeners what happened to our Twitter account this week? So I was just, you know, it needed a bit of a refresh. As you do, as you do. Yeah, as I haven't, you. I haven't updated the bio and all the picture and that in, in quite a while. So I thought, hey, give it a little refresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just so happened to see the the, the birthday yeah. on the account. Uh, it had been set to 14th of February 1998. Okay. Um, now, long-time listeners will know that we started the show on the 14th of February 2010. Uh-huh. Um, but, of course, if you didn't have a Twitter account, you have to be at least 13. So we'd put it to 98 because we started the account in 2011. So that means we would have been 13. Right. Makes sense? Makes sense. Well, I was just looking at that and I thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if I changed that to 14th of February 1999? Which was the day of St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Austin McMahon in the cage. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a bit of fun, isn't it? Doesn't make a, and it's not going to make a difference because, you know, 99, that was 20 years ago, so it's fine. You know what I mean? That's yeah, well yeah, above, yeah. you know, the age. T- 
turns out you have to be 13 when the account was started. Oh. That's just now, currently. So uh, change that, and then something, I just clicked OK to whatever came up, and immediately it was, <laughs> it was like <laughs> <laughs> It was like, if you click OK to click. this, you're out in your hole. Uh, no problem, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. And it's that easy. So, you know, if you want to tweet, like, rape threats, or just shout the N-word repeatedly to celebrities, you can probably get away with that, or get a, a you know, a three-day ban or something, but... If you accidentally change your birthday to uh, less than 13 when you started it 10 years ago, uh, immediate <laughs> infinite life ban, apparently. Uh, so how, how did you get that rectified anyway? I know there was, there was like a little fo- uh, form to fill out or little options. Yeah, so there's a little form. You can you can appeal against it if you've made a mistake. and But you do have to send them like a... A uh, picture of your your ID, so oh, passport, driving license, or something like that. So yeah, yeah I just took a quick picture of the old driving license. <laughs> you could have just said a picture of your face. Oh, he's having a go. Well, I mean, you're not a thirteen year old. Oh, he's having a go. Anyway, um, yeah, I sent that in, and so it took him a week to bloody sort it out. But you know, it all sorted today. So oh, it's back. Won't make that mistake again. Well, I probably will. <laughs> the chair shot pod. Yeah, we're back, baby. We're On back Twitter. in the oh, New York groove. Just in time for the new boom period. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, man. So what stuff. else has been going on on your side of the world? Um. Well, very nice weather this weekend. So we popped out. So Friday we went to the cinema. So that was nice. Went to see Booksmart. Uh-huh. Um, we did try to see it on last Monday, but it was sold out. Ooh, yeah. We went along, bloody sold out. It's only a small, small cinema local to us, so they, they only had one showing. Right. Um, yeah, we got to see that on Friday. Saturday, we went out to the park and had a lovely ice cream. And it wasn't just it wasn't just any. It was Mr. Whippy ice cream, right, Paul? You know Mr. Whippy. I do. Good friend of mine. Just lovely, you know, soft scoop ice cream that comes out of the little machine. So we only got one of those, but they. I asked one, and the bloke goes, do you want vanilla or strawberry or a mixture of both? And I said, I'll have a mixture of both, please, because I've never had fucking strawberry Mr. Whippy before. I've never seen it. Right. I couldn't believe me eyes. So I got a nice mixture of strawberry and vanilla Mr. Whippy. It was a, del- it was a lo- delight. Treat. It was a delight. I'm Googling this as we speak. Strawberry Mr. Whippy. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. It's just it's like pink. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's the same mixture, but it's just strawberry mm. flavour in it. So it was nice. I've not had but any of those ice creams this year yet. You want to? You want to? Ninety nines, as we call them in the biz. Yeah, the old ninety nine ice creams. Well, let's let's keep a kayfabe, brother. Well, um, yeah, uh, you, you're not wrong there, Jack. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was nice, and then watched the old Champions League final. Um, with some pizza and some oh, beer. Big old boring heap of shite that turned out to Ooh, be. that was a lot of shit, wasn't it? And I'm not even saying that from the point of view of a, you know, salty Man United fan. Because mm. uh, I enjoyed the Liverpool-Barcelona game, but ooh, when I sat down to watch the final of what has potentially been the best Champions League season ever, and got that drivel. Honestly. Ooh, very disappointed. It's like watching a it was like watching WrestleMania after a takeover. 
(laughs) which I do quite often these days. (laughs) It's just awful. Um, Yeah, very, very bad. Um, What did you make of the boxing this weekend? Oh, that was another shock. Yeah, yeah, I watched that on on the Sunday morning. Um, I did think, so I was watching, I I was kind of fast-forwarding through it, but I did see a bit of the the, um, kind of opening entrances and everything and they put that during the national anthem the british national anthem you could see joshua normally he's very smiley and outgoing and relaxed and he kind of looks like uh you know the rock when he's on the red carpet you know yeah. like he's signing autographs and stuff was he gassed but, already <laughs> but yeah but it's, in this he was really weird he kept kind of playing with his like gum shield he kept spitting it out and putting it back in hmm. like over and over again like he was sucking on a dummy or something it was really weird and so i thought he doesn't quite look himself. And then in the fight, I don't know what was wrong with him. He seemed to, obviously he knocked the guy down in the third round. Uh, and then after that, he seemed to just kind of lose any strategy. He was just going in crazy, throwing big haymakers and trying to finish the fight. But um, yeah, huge shock. But I do think I, there was something not quite right. He wasn't quite mentally prepared for the fight, I don't think. But uh, yeah, that's boxing. That's the fight game, you know, one one bad fight and that's it. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people looked at this guy, Andy Ruiz, the guy who beat uh, AJ, looked at him kind of with the same score as people. Remember that one Batista MMA fight where he was just against a big fat plumber or something? It was the same bloke, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, this guy actually has like a very good boxing record. I think he's only one professional loss or something against yeah um the yep. new zealand fella or never been knocked down yeah so he's not like some pleb like you know he's not a complete bum but again he's you know given the, the height and weight and reach difference it was pretty pretty big upset mm. and i mean i don't know I, I i've watched a few of joshua's fights live mm. and although he um, and though he's quite good and obviously wins all the time, yeah, there's a, I feel like there's nearly always a little asterisk of uh, he, he, he's never clearly the best, you know, heavyweight boxer. It's, it's almost like, especially in the one Klitschko fight, um, like he's coming from behind or he's he's winning a, a squeaky decision or mm. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't think he's a great boxer. I don't think the heavyweight division's kind of full of great boxers at the moment. It's mm. a bit of a, you know, it's very much like the WWE main event scene. Ah. Uh, not strength in depth. But, uh, yeah, anyway, shame. I'm sure it'll be a big rematch. He'll probably win that. It'll be his big uh, Lennox Lewis-esque comeback. Yeah. When he lost. Um, yeah, it's a good boxing and um, it was very warm. I got a little bit sunburnt over the oh. over the weekend. Not look bad, just a little bit red. So I've got myself some nice um, sunscreen now. All right. So I just pop that on in the morning because you know even even if it doesn't feel too hot, those rays can still get you. That's my message to um to everyone out there in um podcast land. Well, I mean it's 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 much warmer in London than it is in Dublin currently. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's only 12 degrees here at the moment. Yeah. 
or uh, 54 if you're using Fahrenheit. Ooh. Nice, tepid. Whereas in Dublin it's a, or London it's a 17 degrees Celsius, 63 Fahrenheit. So it's a little bit warmer. Um, Paul, have you got any telegraph for me? I have a wee bit of telegraph, Joe. Um, ah, go on. Uh, sure, look, listen, and I'll tell you about it. Um, so I finished watching the first season of The Twilight Zone, so it's done, right? Uh, yeah. So here's my review of The Twilight Zone season one. Uh, first of all, it's very hit and miss, as anthology series can have a tendency to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the ten episodes that comprise season one, I think two of them I thought were really good. I thought probably about five were were quite were fine, fine to good, and then mm. I pr- I thought probably three, four of them were were quite poor. So I don't know that I enjoyed it really enough to um, to warrant watching season two when that comes out. Um, right. I think the biggest issue with it is that the episodes are too long. Mm. Given the uh, the wackiness of the plots or the kind of propensity of the episode to kind of hang on a a twist, an upcoming twist, uh, like some of the episodes are like fifty five minutes long, which is like Game of Thrones length, not wacky, yeah. uh, borderline comedy sci fi shite bollocks you know way way too long way way too long like 30 minutes is all they need to be yeah i think 20 is probably a bit too short but like 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 a good hbo or bbc 30 minutes like 28 minutes that that would be to me the perfect length for a show of that kind um some of the episodes were really good uh particularly replay and not all men i think they're my two favorites um I think the last episode specifically was maybe maybe the worst one. Um, it was kind of a... Uh, it was a meta episode about the writing of The Twilight Zone. Where oh. stuff was... It, it just didn't work at all to me. Um, so it'll be back for season two. But given that season one's finished now, I, I think that's probably it f- for me with The Twilight Zone. I, yeah. I figure ten episodes is not too many. I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try, and I think as well you have stuff now, like Black Mirror, which is probably anyway your modern day Twilight Zone, give or take, and probably better than the actual Twilight Zone series has been. So yeah, certainly. I've uh, I've still not watched any Black Mirror, so maybe I should just start just, watching just, that. Instead. Just play through that. Yeah. Um. But now, Twilight Zone's finished, Game of Thrones is finished, uh, Grand Tour is finished, uh, what else? I, I think like three or four of the shows that I watch routinely have kind of ended now. Yeah. So what I've done is I've um, got my hands on season three of True Detective, which I've not watched, so I'm going to Oh, that yeah. Go. I've not seen that yet. Uh, I did watch the first two. Yeah. Um, obviously, first one, great. Second one, I didn't dislike the second season as much as a lot of people did. I mm. I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the first one, but uh big Mahershala Ali fan, so I'll definitely give season three a crack and uh, get a few episodes watched and let you know about that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Sounds good. Also, continuing our Lost rewatch, we've oh. uh, started season three of that, watched the first two episodes. Oh, Very good, very good stuff. 
No, bad. No, no, not bad, lad. No, bad stuff. <laughs> Good, bad if anything. Stuff. Um, so we're going to make our way through season three, and uh, we're we're at the. It's funny because looking back time timeline wise, we're mm. we are just coming up to the writer's strike of uh, yeah. two thousand six. Yeah. And then there's uh, like seven episodes stretch before they announced the end date of the season. So we're kind of coming to what I would consider the the worst of the show and then getting, mm. getting better again from there. Um, kind of like season four and five of the Game of the Thrones. Um, so that's what we're watching TeleGoof-wise. Of course, I've also watched some other shows, American Dad and Attack on Titan and stuff. It doesn't necessarily warrant yeah. its own talk, but was very good also. Yeah, that was it. Um, just a, a, a weird little music off here. I don't know. I don't know why, but I found myself lately listening to um, an album by. Here's a name that some people might not remember or even know at all. Uh, Blue Cantrell. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Remix gonna make your head swell. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, breathe and um, there's another really good breathe. one. Breathe. Yeah. Hit him up style. Hit him up style. That's the one. That's a real good one. That's the one. Oh, very early 2000s. That's ah, great stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, come on now. Come on. Oh, now. You, you better believe it. If if I'm in the club and that comes on. Oh baby. <laughs> hold, hold on to your shorts, baby. So I've listened I've Get listened to home. a bit of Blue Cantrell this week. Why not? Why not? I don't what know. What, uh, like original stuff? No, just the, those albums. Those like yeah, those albums. Yeah, the, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit out of left field, I suppose. Um Game Guff then. So I've been playing a bit more Hitman, which I was talking about the other week. Mm. Finished that Marrakesh episode. You know, boom, got the, all the trophies, 100% of the trophies. Got 20 out of 20 mastery level. So pretty much com- completed it as much as uh, I'm realistically gonna. And I've started the next episode, which is called the Bangkok episode, which is set in a hotel in Bangkok. Mm. Uh, just started that today. Played it for probably about an hour. Uh, haven't beaten it yet, so haven't actually completed the two assassin assassinations yet. But I'm kind of figuring my way around the level. Um, I'm still in that kind of trial and error stage where I'll walk through a door and suddenly I'll be trespassing. I'll be like, oh no, I can't be in here without a certain disguise on or whatever. So I'm still kind of finding my way through the level, figuring out where I can go, what places I need to avoid, um, where items are throughout the level and stuff like that. Uh, I did do one of the assassinations. There are two assassinations on this level. Basically, you play, uh, well, obviously you play the hitman, but you're gonna your your uh, your targets are this uh, like indie music star, who's yeah. uh, who was acquitted for murdering some Hollywood starlet, um, but it's you know, implied that he did do it, and his his lawyer who was heavily involved in getting him out of the case. So. Uh, the way I did it the first time is you go into the hotel and you overhear some people saying that, oh, this, this lad's drummer quit. And the record label has flown in this replacement drummer, uh, Abel De Silva. Mm. So, of course, you find him drinking at the bar 
wee bit of poison in his drink. Uh, before you know it, you're him. <laughs> and you go what? up. You, you go up and you well, because you you do away with him. You put his little clothes on and that. Ooh. You go up. Um, you meet the singer. He's chatting to you. He goes, "Come on, sit down there at the drums and play me a bit," <laughs> which is results in a very funny like cutscene of this you know the the bald hitman character doing like a drum solo. It's completely oh, wacky and silly. And then he goes, "Oh, you're you're great. Come with me here out to the the atrium roof of the hotel, and I because I want to have a private chat with you." And you follow him out, and he starts talking about like you know you you're you're the real deal, kid. We can we can short up now. And as he turns to lean against the rail, you can just give him a little push over the rail Ooh. to his death. Bloody hell! And of course, it's a little accidental kill, and you scoot off down the stairs scot free. So that's as far as I've gotten. I've not done the the kill of the second target yet, but um, I'm I'm surely going to be playing this level for the next six or seven, eight, nine, ten hours, and just <laughs> doing it in a variety of different ways. Um, one of the other threads that I kind of stumbled across but didn't pursue is that there is a, a antique, not antique, but um, like a retro microphone that gets shipped in. And of course, I'm sure you can, if you get your hands on it first, you can kind of arrange for it to shock uh, the, the guy. Uh. It, it's it's apparently a retro microphone that was known in the 60s for like being unreliable and shocking people and stuff like that. So, okay, okay, okay. Great game. I love, love, love Hitman. I love the variety in it and the, the re- replayability of it. So I'm going to continue playing that. And then move on to Hitman 2 once I've finished. It's kind of my one PlayStation game that I play now. It's the Hitman series. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, bit of movie guff. A um, couple of movies to report on. You, uh, you haven't seen Booksmart yet, have you? I haven't. Uh, although, I'm sure I can see it in the next little while. Okay, I won't do a full review because I know the... Mr. Barry Murphy has seen it, so uh, we might have a bit more of a chat on that. But uh, it's a, it's a coming of age movie. It's kind of uh, super bad, but for the ladies. This is the um, Olivia Wilde film, isn't it? Yeah, directed by your Olivia Wilde, mm. who herself has been in uh, movies and all that. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it's two um, high school grads who are a bit kind of nerdy and, and book smart, and who've realised that they've kind of almost wasted their high school years without partying or kind of doing anything interesting. So I decided the final night before graduation, they're going to get absolutely fucked up, baby. Go out and have some fun. So it's, um, yeah, their, their attempts to go out and, and live one kind of crazy night before college. So it was very funny. Um, I, some, some big, big laughs. I didn't think it was perfect. There is a few kind of issues with it, which I'll, Go into more depth next week. Yeah. But um, overall, I would definitely give it a thumbs up. Give it a recommendation. If you like a bit of a funny high school movie. Um, but with a little, little bit of emotion to it. Not just oh. not just, not just wacky japes. It's, you know, it's, got, it's got interesting. You care about the characters as well. Oh. So, yeah, it's good. Big, big thumbs up. It's been a real golden age for coming of age movies, I feel, recently. Saw so mid mid nineties and eighth grade uh, about a month ago. Saw so, uh, last year we had 
Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and uh, Wildlife, which both very good as well. So, uh-huh. yeah, lots of good stuff out there. Seen any movies, Paul? So two movies, um, Joe. Two movies with a a link between them. Uh, a very, very subtle link. Uh, Let me see if I can figure it out. Go on. Uh, well, one of them is the 2014 movie uh, Godzilla, right? Mm, the mm. other one is the 2019 movie Godzilla King of the Monsters. Ooh. Um, okay, okay. What is the connection here? Um, do they both have a protagonist who's afraid of flying? <laughs> I don't think either of the film says that. Oh. Um, same DP? Uh, I don't believe it is the same DP, no. Oh, okay. I don't know. I give up. Uh, both of them are movies about a, a large radioactive uh, lizard boy. Ah, uh, Lizoidians. In fact, one of the films is a sequel to the other one. Oh! Same universe. Same monster universe. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna. Who 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 is the DP of Godzilla? Let's have a look. I don't know why I'm whistling now. Okay. Um. So this that first Godzilla was of course the the Brian Cranston one. That first Godzilla was the Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Liz Olsen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sally Hawkins, who's actually in both of them. Oh, yeah, she's good. She won the Oscar for uh, Shape of Water, of course. Ah, I don't give a shite who the DP of it is. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Godzilla films. So, uh, funnily enough, Barry, who's obviously not here this week, um, for undisclosed reasons, uh, watched Godzilla 2014 himself, uh, the other day. I'm going to read out his review for you, right? Um, if I can find it here quickly. Let's see, God, Godzilla. Because I, I feel like a lot of his criticisms are criticisms that most people have of that film. But, but, that, <laughs> I, try it. but that I don't actually agree with, especially on this rewatch um, from just this week. Uh, so Barry went to six out, six out of ten. Three stars on 2014 Godzilla. He says, there's so much cool shit in this movie that it should be a five-star classic to me that has me racing to see the sequel. There's a superb score, some genuinely stunning visuals, the halo jump, the initial Godzilla reveal, to name but two on a long list. The slow burn as the film takes its time, teasing out the big man's arrival, and then further teasing the big monster battles everyone so desperately craves. And when the big payoffs come, they look and sound spectacular. Okay, I agree so far. Is, is he writing this for The Guardian? I, well, I, I agree so far with everything he said. Jesus. He says, but the downside of doing a slow burn disaster movie with the humans carrying things rather than the monsters is that you have to make those humans compelling. And boy, is Godzilla 2014 a gigantic flop in this department. One-dimensional characters, terrible dialogue, and awful flat performances. The first 90 minutes feel torturous. It's great to see a movie in uh, the big-budget blockbuster space have some real ambition, but this felt a bit too cute for its own good and ignored a lot of the basics of what makes a movie like this watchable, all in all a fairly frustrating watch. So what I want to say, specifically with regards to the human characters, um, every time I watch this film, I, I feel less and less like that's 
the reality of the of of the film. I I think specifically, while Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Juliette Binoche, who's in the, sorry, uh, very very mild spoiler, who's in the film just at the beginning, um, while the film kind of rotates around those three characters, I think that the human uh, the human part of the story is quite compelling, and I, there's there's lots of little shots that I, I really enjoy in the film. For instance, there's um, there's a scene early on where Brian Cranston and Juliette Binoche are on their way to the nuclear facility in Japan where they work, and it's Brian Cranston's birthday, and so the little boys made a little um, happy birthday sign to hang up on the wall, like, yeah. but Brian Cranston too busy. You gotta go to work. Da, 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 da. So he go. Oh yeah. And uh, he goes to work, and there's a catastrophe. The thing collapses. His wife's killed. Blah 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 blah. It shoots forward then to Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, who's now playing his son, um, who goes to find Brian Cranston, who's now become this kind of hermit, obsessed with the phenomenon surrounding the event on that day and the death of his wife. And so they go back to the house because Brian Cranston doesn't, and he says this line like he doesn't even have a photo of his wife who he, you know, he loved and blah blah blah. So they go back to the house, and there's a moment where Brian Cranston looks up and sees still there, whatever twenty years later, albeit kind of aged and so on, the happy birthday sign from earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. You know? There's there's little touches like that that like as you rewatch the film you, you, you realise there's there's more depth to the characters than uh, the admittedly poor um dialogue and I don't even think the performances are necessarily that bad, even though I, Aaron Taylor Johnson is probably one of the worst working actors out there. Um I think Cranston is very good and I think Juliette Binoche is very good in it. Um, I mean, Sally Hawking uh, clearly couldn't give less of a shite, uh, although she actually gives even even less of a shite in the sequel, um, in, throughout throughout which she has one eye constantly on the exit door. Um, <laughs> you say on the clock. <laughs> it's She's just looking at her watch the whole five, time. During five o'clock, yeah, the watch, fucking hell. Um, so I, I, as I, as I mentioned, I myself rewatched the 2014 Godzilla. Um, it's kind of the movie, ironically, it's, it's me and Natty's kind of, it's the movie that brought us together in the first place. Um, together. so we, we, we always will have kind of a, a biased fondness for, it. but I, I think, um, Gareth, let me make sure I don't say the wrong one. Uh, Gareth Edwards, who directed Godzilla and then went on to direct Rogue One. I think he does, he does the, the action um set pieces extremely well. I think that's his real strength. Uh and I think I think that's the case also with, with Rogue One, which wasn't a film that I particularly liked that much, but um I thought the last 30 minutes was extremely well done. I thought, like the my favorite shot in Rogue One is like the the Death Star in the background just looking over at kind of the battleground. Um and I think he does action really well. Admittedly, I think characters are not his strong suits because I think Rogue One had a lot of the same faults that that godzilla did um but like i say i think i think the early stuff does work despite people's criticisms i i do i do tend to agree that once the story moves on to aaron taylor johnson elizabeth olsen and their little son um it it doesn't really work specifically in the in the sense because they split them up 
And so rather than having like the little family that you care about, you have Aaron Taylor Johnson with like these nameless, faceless Marines. And you have, on the other hand, Liz Olsen, who it seems like the only thing she does in the film really is like cry down a phone. Um, yeah. In that sense, that doesn't work. Um, I I, th- I think it would have worked better if you'd kind of kept the family together and made it more about them rather than Aaron Taylor Johnson playing like bomb disposal marine man mm. uh, and Liz Olsen playing like hysterical wife. Um, I think it's not not a great use of her talents and not a great use of his no talent. Um, so that kind of sucks. But the, you know, it has all the requisite monster action you could hope for and as barry said um i i really don't agree with the people who who dislike it because every time they're gonna fight they fucking close the door on it it's like well you know if in jaws if they just showed you the fucking shark every five minutes there would be no payoff at the end like you know it's as it's a build-up and then it does pay off really really well um so given that i have a real fondness for the 2014 godzilla and a real fondness for big monster movies anyway, in a general sense. Yeah. We went to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which came out in the cinema just this week. Um, first of all, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I say this to, to Barry and to anyone else who saw Godzilla 2014. Uh, the human stuff... Let's say the, 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 the part of the movie concerning the human characters in Godzilla King of the Monsters makes the human stuff in Godzilla 2014 look like the fucking Godfather. Um, <laughs> it's remarkably stupid. Um, along the lines of something like a, like a Transformers film or, or mm. I, I saw it likened also to like Independence Day Resurgence. Not even the first Independence Day. Um, it's definitely got no subtlety at all, and um, it's extremely dumb. Um, it's got no real human drama whatsoever. Characters that act completely irrationally. Uh, it's got like fifteen main characters, so there's too many characters to care about. Mm. Um, the main ones, like obviously, it has um. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Millie Bobby Billy Bobby Brown, whatever her name is from uh, Stranger Things, is in it. Uh, Kyle Chandler, who I don't think I've ever liked in a film, is in it. Um, uh, what's the lady's name? Uh, Formiga, what's her first name? Vera, <laughs> is it Vera? For me, no, hang on, Let's see, look up here. It is Vera. Yeah, Vera Farmiga's in it. Thank you. Uh, very good job. Thank you. Uh, she is horrendous in it. Um, Ice Cube's son is in it as a one-liner spewing fool. Um, and an actor who I actually uh, really like in it. You know the guy from... Um, oh, he was in Cabin in the Woods and he was in... Oh, what else was he in? Do you know the... Hey? Oh. <laughs> The the white haired guy. No, he he's sounds... he, he plays one of the guys in the in the office. <laughs> in Cabin in the Woods with the guy what? the guy with the glasses. He's Roddy Whitford. 
Bradley Whitford, he's in it. Oh, Bradley Whitford's in it. Yeah, I, I like him too. But he plays also a one-liner spewing buffoon. So you've got two of them in this film. Uh, and the one-liners are not good. Um, uh, so, whereas Godzilla 2014 expertly built to a big payoff monster fight, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, within five minutes, you're getting your monster action. Um, and I I don't know what it really what about it I kind of that didn't work as much for me I think obviously the human stuff was like I say stupid stupid um, but even the monster stuff was kind of to an extent less good um, mm. I still didn't I still did enjoy like when the monsters were fighting it looked great um, the you know character designs of the monsters were were cool. Um, but the plot the plot was just so boneheaded and the the characters I tell you if you, if you thought the characters in the first one were one dimensional these ones have no dimension in, in essence they don't even exist um, it was just so dumb it really really uh, you know cranked the dumbness up to a hundred mm. Which is such a shame because in the first Godzilla, okay, whether you like it or not, it kind of takes itself seriously enough <laughs> that it kind of works. Um, but this one is like, you know, the characters are flying around in a fucking, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy jet with like, God. yeah, it's, it's super dumb, man. It's really, really dumb. Um, and everyone is rubbish in it, pretty much without exception. Um, even the usually reliable Charles Dance, who gets like <gasps> who gets like nothing, to, Not nothing to Dance. do in it. Charles Dance is in it. Tywin Lannister. Yeah, what a waste! Uh, what a waste of Charles Dance. Really, uh, they don't give it. They don't give him really anything to do. <laughs> Just, how how do you how do you fucking mess up Charles Dance? I don't. I don't know. But they they do. Um. So yeah, I went. I went a four out of ten on this one. Um, the only saving grace, like I say, was the 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 monster fights themselves. You know, you have your uh, your King Ghidorah, your Mothra, your Rodan, all the classic Godzilla monsters. The the big moth one, big, big moth one, three headed Hydra Dragon Boy, uh, uh, big fish. Uh, there's no. no big fish in it. Big pterodactyl boy in it. Probably be in the third one. The big fish. Yeah, uh, big fish it? coming. Um, you have uh, King Kong obviously coming as well. Oh, hello! He fancies himself, does he? Yeah, the Kong, the Kong man. Uh, so what I'll say with Godzilla: King of the Monsters is, is um, don't see it in the cinema. Wait for it to come out on Blu-ray, and wait for someone to do a fan edit that cuts all the human characters out of it. And then just watch that. It'll probably be like I don't know, thirty-five minutes long, but it'll be uh, much better um, than what you would otherwise get. Oh man, I, I honestly, there was parts I just couldn't, I couldn't fucking stand. It was so dumb, so stupid. Um, yeah, pr- pretty, br- pretty bad. And if I gave it a four out of ten, and I'm the one fucking biased towards Godzilla, imagine what someone who didn't even like the first one is going to give it. Probably a one out of ten. Big old shite. And if someone gave it a one out of ten, I wouldn't even argue. <laughs> to be honest, 
so yeah, so quite oh. quite a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Sue. Also, just one other movie I watched on Netflix. Um, it's called Always Be My Maybe. Mm. Now, have you heard of this fellow called Randall Park? Randall Park is the guy he's, in all the Seth Rogen films. Yeah, he's the Korean one. In he all played of Kim Jong Un, who, and he said in the interview, "My butthole working overtime," and I laughed mm. for about fifteen straight minutes. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, he's in this show called Fresh Off the Boat, which is about some Koreans in okay. the '90s or something, probably. I don't know. And then there's a woman in it called Ali Wong. Is that her name? Yes. Is she Chinese? She's half Chinese, half Vietnamese. She's half Chinese, half Vietnamese. Um, she's in it. She's in this movie as well. So they're both in this movie, and it's your rom-com right. sort of thing, right? They were friends, neighbors when they were kids and had a bit of a crush on each other. But then uh, didn't go anywhere, and they kind of drifted off into separate directions. Now they've kind of come back together. She's moved back to San Francisco. She's a very pretentious kind of chef who keeps opening these very conceptual restaurants. He's installing air conditioners with his dad because he's a bit of a loser. Right. Um, and it, yeah, and it's there. It's it was quite funny. Um, it was kind of like one of the romantic comedies that. Tom Hanks would have done before he became good with Meg Ryan. Uh, not even like no, not even like Sleepers in Seattle. Good, uh, more like Joe versus the Volcano sort of level. Uh, I see. Like kind of very early eighties Hanks when he before he <laughs> learned how to pick. I was I, as you were saying that I was googling uh, Tom Hanks just to look at his like filmography. Yeah. and of course I've seen all of him. Uh, so. I Google. I ended up googling Tom Jones somehow, and when his face came oh, up, I got confused. Like a better dance now. It's <laughs> like. What's happened here? Tom Jones. <laughs> Tom Hanks is in his state, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's not unusual. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so it's all right. It's all right. If, you, if you're a woman and you like rom-coms, give it a go. What if you're a man who likes rom-coms? Um, give it a go. Okay, good. Let's see. Um, be my maybe. Yeah, so that's the movies. You've got no, Have you got any emails? Uh, I don't have any emails I don't think so but I'll have a quick gander uh, what's in my mailbox no I've only got uh, my tickets for WrestleRama OTT WrestleRama 3 Ooh. I've got my tickets to see a band called Poets of the Fall in Dublin in December I have my Metallica tickets for this weekend Metallica mm. Metallica Metallica in uh Slane Castle this weekend, which Barry is going to as well. My pop into there. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I probably won't because I got the fucking Golden Circle tickets, baby. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> the fucking plebs. <laughs> right at the front, you say. Don't mind if I do. Oh, hello. Um. And I have my little bus tickets as well because we're getting a we're getting a Dublin bus from the city centre out to Slane Castle. They were expensive. Hello. So that's all. Uh, that's all my emails. Done. Okay. What about yourself? Uh, <laughs> funny you mentioned emails, Paul, because uh, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors, uh, hotmail.com. Now, do you remember the 90s slash early 2000s? Uh, do you remember when people used to use email? Well, email is back. 
and so is hotmail.com. You get your hotmail, you get your MSN messenger, you can talk to people online that you've never actually met. It's back. And with our exclusive offer, you get one megabyte of unlimited email space. Uh, if you just use the code Chairshot Podcast Hotmail Email Offer uh, 2019. So just type that in, you get one megabyte of free space. Hotmail.com. It's, uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Um, but anyway, Paul, enough of that. It's time we talk about a bit of wrestling. Yes. Are you ready? No. I no. said, are you ready? I never thought that was a good catchphrase. The Triple H would say, are you ready? I used to always think, just fucking get to the point. Stop. Stop. Wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. So, a few news items. Should we start with um, the NXT TakeOver? I suppose. Assume you watched it. I did. Uh, What do you think? I thought it was quite good. I don't think it was as good as the previous one. Yeah. Uh, the was it New York the previous one? I don't remember. E- no, they were in New York. Were they? What was the previous one they did? Oh uh, no, yeah, yeah, it was New York. So yeah, New York. First it was New York, New Jersey, wasn't it? Um, I think it was quite as good as that. Um, however, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, because whereas with the New York one, I thought every match was pretty pretty great. Um. I thought I thought the matches here were were quite good. I don't know if there was anything, maybe with the exception of the main event. I don't think there was anything that really kind of had me coming out of my seat. Um, mm. So, it, like in in a sense, it, I was maybe slightly disappointed because I thought the card was quite good. Um, but still, I thought it was a pretty good show. Certainly better than. Uh, whatever money in the bank. Oh no, they did money in the bank. What's the next one? Whatever the next WWE one. Whatever. It um, is. Armageddon. Are we, oh no, uh, uh, the Saudi uh, Arabia. Saudi Arabia one. WWE Saudi oh. Arabia. Uh, it'll certainly be better than that. Certainly. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think it was as good as the WrestleMania show, but then that was just a fucking that was cracker. A cracker. One of, the, one of the best I've ever done. It was yeah. absolutely exceptional. Um, I very much enjoyed Matt Riddle, Roderick Strong. So that was a very good match. Got very into that. Enjoyed both those lads. Uh, the women's match was very, very good. Um, the tag ladder match, not a big fan of ladder matches, apart from that one six-man from last year that was really, yeah. really good. But it, it, this was fine. I just, you know, it always seems like a just a mission to try and come up with something interesting to do in a ladder match. I just rather didn't have to. Um, that was good. Um, main event, um, not really for me. I, I was kind do. of feeling the same until probably the, the last 10, 15 minutes. And I, I started getting into it despite myself. See, I feel like I'd, I'd checked out by then. Hmm. Because it, it just, yeah, it went on a bit. Well, uh, let me tell you maybe why that worked for me. Because I watched the show live and I started getting a, a, little, a wee bit sleepy. Oh, and no. I actually actually went to sleep right before the main event. So I woke up fresh mm. as a daisy and just popped the main event on. So I, I maybe I didn't have the fatigue of having just watched the previous two hours. Okay, maybe. Um, I don't know. But. 
Uh, shall we go through it? Uh, Matt Riddle, Roderick Strong in the first yep. match. Um, I mean, I, I expect this to be a, a b- you know, ball-to-the-wall mind-blower. Um, I thought it was very good. Uh, in particular, I thought Roderick, Roderick Strong looked great. Mm. Um, I, I particularly dislike uh, Matt Riddle's tombstone. So... What that finish? Oh, what where he lands face down? Yeah, where he does it like a like a neutralizer, almost. Yeah, I thought he was actually going to do a tombstone, <laughs> which would have been a super shock. Well, what did he? What did they say that he called it? It was like the a bro, the Bro Derek. Oh, what a dreadful name that is! I know. Um, there's one for there's one for the teenagers, Bo Derek. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Um, because he used to do he used to do it just as a normal tombstone on the indies, right? Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is he he wouldn't do the kind of uh gotch arm through the legs. Mm. Uh, but he used to always yeah do it like a. It wasn't a pile driver basically. He would just like land, do it as a slam. So not really a tombstone. Um, so I don't know if 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 the idea with this now is that it's not inherently a tombstone anyway but if it's not it just looks like a kind of rubbishy slam yeah. like it doesn't look like a great move and when riddle signed WWE, my thinking was okay good that's that's two of his really only the two moves that i don't like that he does kind of gone which would be that and the kind of pele kick that he does Mm. I figured, okay, at least someone will pull him aside and go, lad, that looks like utter shit. But uh, unfortunately, he's still doing both of them, so too bad for me. But um, nevertheless, yeah, it was a good match, like I say. I liked the work in the back, all the backbreakers. Uh, Strong looked great, uh, as he always does. I, I particularly liked when he started just like, he had Riddle in the ropes and was kind of running past him, hitting him with a punch, then an elbow, then a knee. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Um, and Roderick's uh, knee strikes always look great. I don't think he gets enough credit for those. He's just like these jumping knees, and it all looks great. Um, yeah, very good. But um, good little match. Good little match. Good little match. Maybe a, uh, down the line, if they were to get a little bit longer, because I don't know. I don't know how long it was, but it, it felt kind of short to me as well. Um, Maybe maybe in if if you get to the main event they can have a little bit more. Um what do we have then? The four way ladder match. Um I I wasn't a big fan of the uh Riker interference from the former gunner from TNA. Gunner. Um uh yeah, I I I thought it was quite good, but I couldn't really po- I couldn't really point out to you any specific spots that I really liked. Um, there was one where your man there jumped over the ladder and did a dive out to the middle to the ring, outside of the ring. Right. That was really cool. No? Okay. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember that one. Uh, I know that I, I I like the uh, power bomb blockbuster that the uh, okay. Street Profits do. 
Yeah. Your man did a big old jump for that. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a safe enough ladder match. There wasn't anything too crazy in it. Um, but this is their thing. Like, they, they love putting loads of people in a ladder match. Mm. Even though when Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon did it, with one ladder and two men back in the day. Two blokes, one ladder. They had one of the best ones of all time. So, I don't sure know. Enough. Kyle O'Reilly got fairly killed in it, to be fair, as well. Mm. Um, oh, the one bit where him, he, f- him and Bobby Fish kind of fell in a big heap on the ladder. Oh, man. Mm. Um, I, was, I, I, I guess with, like... Especially with um, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and I was kind of hoping for some kind of more madness and some more energy to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, we had then Velveteen Dream, Tyler Breeze. Ooh. D R A M Dream. He's great. Um, uh, every time I see him, I like him more. He's now one of my my absolute favorites. Yeah. Just got it. Got it. He's just a wrestler. He's a, he's a proper wrestler. I thought Tyler Breeze looked good as well. Yeah, it's amazing what getting off the main roster can do for your career, isn't it? Um, I, I, yeah, and I love that they acknowledged all that kind of stuff as well. Like, so, you know, when was the last time you even felt the glare of the spotlight? <laughs> the R-E-A-M dream. Yeah, oh, he's great. There were, there were some moments of kind of a very fleeting sloppiness early on it wasn't perfect no. but i think as it went it, it kind of it got better and better and um t- towards the end it was really really back and forth mm. he hit the what's this tyler's finish called the heel kick he does the spinning heel kick the beauty okay. shot um was very like oh my god he's gonna win this and he didn't ultimately um yeah, I was thinking the, the the funny thing would have been if Tyler Breeze had ultimately been released, um, for him to go to the Indies and become this like serious wrestler, not serious in the sense of the gimmick, but like good wrestler, and then get, get rehired again down the line as a kind of I don't know indie darling AJ Styles or whatever. Mm. And I guess I I got thinking that because he kind of he had he kind of had the AJ Styles style no pun intended style like tights on and boots he kind of mm. looked like a little AJ Styles didn't quite wrestle like <laughs> that but. a little AJ how oh, fucking little that <laughs> um, yeah. yeah no but I, I enjoyed the story of this match it wasn't you know your big yeah. move 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 kind of match PWG yeah. style but I like the story I gotta give uh, an award a double award to Velveteen Dream as well he both did the best looking unprettier I've ever seen and took the best bump I've ever seen for an unprettier I've ever seen. Um, he he did the unprettier with like no pause at all after spinning mm. the person around, just from the double uh, overhook, spin around, bang, in one kind of motion. And then of course he took like an RVD style head bump off the uh, mm. unprettier as well. Oh. I hope they never call him up. Oh, uh, yeah, just give me NXT for him. He's too good. Just bring back people for him to work with. <laughs> it's the funny thing now, because, I mean, Triple H just must just be waiting for Vince to die. <laughs> Keeping oh, these man. guys. Just stay in NXT. Once the old man fucking dies, we'll call you up. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we had then the women's title match, Baszler against uh, Io Shirai. This one, on the other hand, again, like like the um, Riddle match, felt too short to me. Yeah. Um, like I, they they were doing the stomp. You know when Baser does like puts the arm awkwardly and then does a stomp on it. Mm. They were doing that like a minute into the match. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. They feel a bit rushed. Yeah. I don't know why. Felt a little bit rushed, and mm. uh, the 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 finish kind of felt a little bit dragged out. That she, you know, Baser got her in the choke. Mm. And she fought out, she fought out, she fought out, she fought out, and then she tapped. Hmm. I don't know, I quite like that. A little bit long, a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to be in it that long, you have to do it more teasing like they're going to escape. I, more I, thrashing around. Well, I mean, this is almost like to me is like a lost art in wrestling these days. They don't they don't really do it anymore. This is from, you know, the rock matches of, of the late 1990s. Oh, the, yeah, the classics. That like rock rock would be in, in the cross face, right? And of course, he has to get to a rope. But what they do nowadays, right, is they get to the rope way too fast. I don't know if this is something that you've noticed yourself. Whenever wrestlers get in submissions nowadays, they get to the ropes in like five seconds. Whereas old Rocky Boy, he used to sell the submission and he'd reach out, and he'd he'd move a, a little centimeter, and I uh, reach out, kiss, move another little centimeter, and he'd get right to the right up to a finger's width from the ropes, and he'd still be selling, still be selling, and he'd do the big old you know Hulk Hogan style third like drop the arm two times and it comes down, and the Rock would reach up and and he finally grab the ropes, and it'd be like a big deal, like it was almost like a set of spots in itself, the Rock getting to the ropes, and now wrestlers getting to ropes is such a non-event. And maybe that's what I would like from Shirai here—a little bit more drama to the kind of passing out of the submission or tapping out from the submission. Mm. There's a little bit of it, but a little bit more getting the crowd. Oh, come just, on, just, just crank it up, giving that little extra. Mm. A little extra heat. Yeah. Um. Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't think much of the interference. That ultimately didn't really pay, you know, mean anything in the end. Yeah, mm. Candice LeRae coming out to fight with uh, the MMA women. Yeah. Um, and then we had the main event: Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Uh, a very long match, and like I say, I, I I I couldn't quite put my finger on why, but I I wasn't really into it early on. But uh, mm. when it got into the home stretch, it kind of got me. I did like the the story of the match of Adam Cole. Almost like a video game. Almost like he was playing WWE uh, 2K19 or whatever it is. And mm. just c- continually going for the same one move. The, like, destroyer out of the corner. <laughs> yeah. Going for that sunrise again. The Panama sunrise, they call it. Like, they teased that he's going to try and do it about ten times before he mm. did finally hit it on the outside. Um... But I kind of like that as a storyline tool. The fact that one of the wrestlers has a technique that you know he's supremely confident in, and so any chance he gets, he tries to hit it. Like, why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Gargano, you know, getting wise to it and being able to reverse or move out of the way, and 
uh, yeah, like I say, it, it worked. And then, you know, Cole hit it on the outside finally, but you know, can't beat him on the outside, so I had to roll him in. And then mm. when he finally hit in the ring, he won the match. <laughs> so it was, you know, a logical story. Um, uh, not for, not to sound too much like an old man shouting at a cloud, but I just find this style, it's like a lot, a really long string of high-impact moves, then an occasional two-count, and then back to the long string of complicated moves. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, know. I kind of agree. I, ha- I had my own old man shout-at-cloud moment where, as I just mentioned, um, Cole hit the destroyer on the outside. Mm. rolled him in and got a two yeah it's like i remember no, when someone would get powerbomb the, on the outside and would be injured for three months or something i know oh he flipped pile driver them on the floor oh i know i mean we're, we live in a world now where that's not a finish fair enough fair enough if that's what they kids like these <laughs> days the kids. i like it but that should be the finish then oh yeah Although, yeah. although, to be fair, we had one of those uh, at Double or Nothing on the ring apron, <laughs> and it wasn't the finish. Um, that was to the... That, that was uh, Pentagon on one of the... Yeah. But then they weren't in the ring. They weren't the... But then didn't, like, Phoenix give the other one uh, the story in the ring or something? Yeah, but the same not out of the ring. No. <laughs> the story is left and right. Yeah, it's a shame. I, Petey Williams should get a little royalty every time someone does a destroyer because it's his fucking move. Mm. It like Canadian destroyers are like super kicks these days. Everyone fucking does it. Yeah. So it's good. good. It's all right, main event there. I like Adam Cole. I like the under- well, he's the champion now, so we're gonna get he, more of him. He is, he is the champion. Uh. I guess the storyline with Gargano is that's twice now with the North American title and now with this one that he has failed to retain the title at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Because this was his first retention of the world title since winning it against Adam Cole last uh, month. And yep. he also lost his first retention of the North American title. To, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Yeah. Woo! To stay the man... You gotta be pay the man. Beat him every night. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that. thumbs up. Another good takeover. Thumbs up. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to sound too down on it. It was a good show. Um, just not as good. Um, now, Paul, have you caught any of uh, Mr. John Moxley on the various airways? I listened to the Talkers Jericho interview. Talk is Jericho, baby. Um, yeah, this is that. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I mean, it's mainly kind of shard and Freud uh, listening to someone bury WWE and Vince, but still, yeah, you know, you get your kicks where you can. Um, and it's just fun to listen to someone talk about what goes on inside WWE because they're so secretive <laughs> in yeah. many ways. It's so people are so scared to come out and say what I think what they really think a lot of the time it was quite refreshing yeah well it seems like this is becoming finally uh, a problem that is really getting 
kind of noise about it, whether it's through the podcast with Moxley or you know the Sasha mm. Banks deal and so on and so forth. Um, one thing I particularly enjoyed was the um, the impressions of Vince, and I always loved that. Oh, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> a- anyone doing an impression of Vince <laughs> is my favorite thing. But uh, <sighs> it's good shit, pal. <laughs> That's the good shit. <laughs> That's why people like you. You're 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 fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. I don't know that there was necessarily anything new uh, that came out of it, but just hearing the stories of how fucking mad it is was, mm. uh, as you said, very satisfying. But in a sense, it uh, it, it was funny because I was watching NXT. Uh, TV the day after or the day of that podcast coming out after having listened to it I was kind of thinking to myself I don't really want to watch this anymore (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah it it, it definitely put like a a bad taste in my mouth regarding WWE and their practices it's so crazy that a company that size is still run like like a, a backwater fucking carnival, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it does make you on. And honestly, just no one has the power to to tell Vince what's what. Nope. He's just, he's the king, and he does as he pleases. And, um, and it's funny that it seems after kind of NXT that the AEW thing has almost evolved into a kind of NXT versus AEW, like who, who you know, who's got the best thing, like, you know, the Velveteen Dream was tweeting, follow that, and there's yeah. these comparisons, but like, NXT is universally loved <laughs> by fans, critics, wrestlers, like, I don't think there's many people with a bad word to say about NXT. Yeah. Like, that's not the problem, it's not AEW coming to save us from NXT, it's AEW offering an alternative to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and I hope that doesn't get lost. I hope Vince doesn't get away. We hope he doesn't turn into like Triple H and NXT versus Cody Rhodes and AEW. Because um, that, that's not where the problem is. And it seems Ambrose um, pretty much said that as well. Like, yeah, it was funny that he was he was kind of fairly warm towards Triple H. Mm. Uh, it was very specifically Vince that he. He added as the. Pro- I think he said Vince is the problem. Oh. <laughs> Can't be clearer than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the pooper scooper story. Oh, Jeez, God. get that fucking light out of there before Vince sees it. You gonna love it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. He did another show with Wade Keller of a PW Talk. Yeah, show. I, I haven't had a chance to listen to that either. No. Yeah. We'll give that a listen. I think he walked some of it back because he didn't want to sound too kind of bitter and, and you know, too vitriolic. And I'm sure there are people in WWE that are happy. Like, I think he, he named, like, R-Truth as someone who's kind of happy with his, happy to work there. But then R-Truth's gimmick is wacky moron that no one can take seriously. So that's why <laughs> he's perfect. <laughs> that's why, you know, he doesn't have any of his promos changed. No. He's, his character fits exactly with Vince's vision of what everyone should be. Yeah. Just wacky moron. Oh dear. 
Yeah, very, very, very fun listen. Probably the best wrestling podcast since uh, last week's CSP, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but specifically including wrestlers, probably, yeah, since the punk podcast, the most. Kind yeah, of, yeah. The biggest expose of the inner mechanisms of WWE. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a nice surprise. A very, very nice surprise. Very nice. Um, and never have I subscribed to, and then once I listen to it, immediately unsubscribe to a podcast as quickly as Talk is Jericho. You not enjoy it? I did. Enjoying Jericho's bits? I mean, like... I don't particularly care for him. I, I don't think he's as too bad. A, Whenever I hear him on the show, I think, oh, he's not that bad, Jericho, as a host. Yeah, but who was his next uh, show with? Like, uh, the, the guitarist from Whitesnake. The drummer from Fuzzy. <laughs> Talk is Jericho, mama. Oh, what a lame idiot. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then the last news story of the week, to close it out. Uh, all of these wrestling shows happened on the same day. Yeah. Um, is it August 31st? I should know. I'm going to one of them. But it's that August thirty first, I think. Yeah. Or August thirtieth. Yeah. Anyway, so New Japan have had that show booked in London uh, for quite a while now. Um, apparently, sold about five thousand, six thousand tickets. Mm. Um, so it's you know getting close to kind of sell out. Um, then obviously AEW announced that their pay per view is going to be that night. Um, so that'd be the next the, the all out pay-per-view the next big one and then ooh, nxt come along bb and announced that they're running head-to-head with new japan pro wrestling um well that's specifically nxt uk not the nxt yeah, that people not, care about not the good nxt no nxt uk uh in cardiff in wales yeah. um which would seem deliberate given the time, very specific timing. Um, and apparently there's also a big rugby match in Wales that day, uh. which is gonna, everyone's going to be going to. So it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out if they're going to get a big crowd, because it's not a hot show in NXT UK. I mean, God knows what goes on on it. I can tell you. I suppose Walter and Pete Dunne. I don't know what else. Uh, Devlin, you got, and uh, that's it. <laughs> that is all the wrestlers on NXT UK. I wonder if they'll bring back like they did with Finn Balor, um, bring in the kind of bigger Irish, UK, European wrestlers from the main roster. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else there is. What, what English wrestlers have they got? Or Welsh, since it's in Wales now. Jack Gallagher. <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre he's Scottish No, I'm Dar he's Welsh um, uh, who else have you got Cesaro he's from Europe yeah it's a good one Becky, uh, Becky Lynch oh yeah Becky Lynch it's good to show up probably not but <laughs> I don't know that they care enough I don't think so um, yeah that's probably it actually Bruce Sophie's Bulgarian. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, people are going to kind of discount all out, given that, you know, it's not going to be on at the same time as the other two. 
because mm. the the two UK shows are going to be presumably you know eight o'clock in the evening in UK time, whereas all that would be much later. But don't discount people who are just going to say, "Well, I'm going to stay in and watch that and not go out to a show," because that yeah. can very well happen as well. You pay fifteen quid for that, maybe. Yeah, as well. The mighty wallet. Well, I know which of those three I'm going to watch, and it's not New Japan or NXT UK. <clears throat> AEW all out. So, which one are you going to, Joe? New Japan Royal Conquest. Very good. In um, it's in London in the old Olympic Park. So. Going to that, that'll be good, and then probably get home in time to watch the pre-show of All In. Uh, sorry, All Out. There you go. So that'll be good. Good, good old wrestling that. day. August 31st. Boom, boom period, BB. Uh, so there we go. Is that all we have for yeah. this week? Yeah, it's been a good show. Right, well, before you um, talk about the, you know, bring us home there, Joe, I just want to mention to you, uh, chairshoppodcast.com it's, it's your one stop shop for all things Chairshop Podcast um, if you want to send an email to us you can do so for free just go to chairshoppodcast.com slash email and use the promo code uh, whatever your email is about um, <laughs> the rest of the night I don't know um, <laughs> and you can email us uh, sausages from there sausages yeah favorite sausages and all that uh, and uh, everything else is up on there. Links to everything, Stitcher and working videos and the back catalogue and all of that. Uh, Twitter is working again. Chairshot Pod. I'm Paul Griffin CSP. Joe is Griff Tannen. Yeah, follow us on Twitter just to send a message to those uh, fat cat liberals at twitter.com in Silicon Valley. Those lefty they, they can't loonies. Silence us. Yeah. They cannot silence the people. And I agree with that one uh, rubber-faced pastor fella. He should get fucking private jets everywhere. Why haven't we got private jets? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why not? We deserve them. Um, even if he does look a little bit like the bad guy from The Mask. <laughs> um, but nevertheless. Uh, Barry's at the Barry lad. I think on Twitter. Don't follow him. Uh, and if you do follow him, unfollow him. Yeah. Um, uh, you got enough followers. Unfollow Barry. And definitely not only unfollow, but block that little PWG thing he does. Block that shit. We don't want it. Yeah. Fucking follow that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Follow that. Oh, Matt. Are you going to tweet from the Chair Shot Pod account? Yeah. At, I'm going to tweet follow that. Pro wrestling, uh, Donkey Kong, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> um, oh dear. Yeah, we're that's it. We're we're out. See you, everyone. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.